Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Jen Messina, who is a registered dietitian, a mama of two, and based in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. She is passionate about all aspects of holistic health and practices through the lens of health at every size and intuitive eating. She works with individuals who are ready to break up with dieting and find balance and joy with food. She also works with families looking to support their children to have a healthy relationship with food in their bodies. Welcome, Jenna. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to jump into some interesting intersections between business and health and nutrition and all of that in between. Yes, because it's all so connected and so related, even when we don't realize it. Um, mm-hmm. So before we jump into that, uh, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian. I've been a dietitian for about 15 years now. Um, my kind of first chunk of my career was in public health. So I worked in a hospital setting. But after having my kids, I realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to start my own business. Um, and I'm somebody who really doesn't like tiptoe into things. I, I have to jump in or else I basically don't do it. So, um, I quit my job. I, you know, dove straight into private practice in my, in my community. Um, and that was in 2019, right before the pandemic. So that was a super weird time. Um, I mean, it started great. I was like on a roll and then the pandemic hit um, and business like went to a standstill. But I think one thing that the pandemic has done for my business is really transformed how I practice in terms of virtual versus in-person. So majority of my practice was in-person at a, at a local clinic, but through the pandemic, everything moved online. It was the only way to sustain my business. So I ended up completely rebranding, changing how I uh, interact. And now I, I work on Instagram and I also um, see clients one-to-one throughout the province of British Columbia, which I'd never done before. Like I'd never had that opportunity because I just didn't have the infrastructure and um, the setup before to see people from all over the province. So um, I'm in the process of developing a program so that I can expand my business to both all throughout Canada and the US, um, as well as across the, you know, all over the world. So um, I think that while there's been some kind of bumps along the way, I think really seeing the upside of what um, the transition has led to, and that is actually an expansion in my business. And now I'm happy to say that I'm busier than ever and I'm making my own schedule and doing my own thing. Um, and I can also have time for, because I make my own schedule, I can make time for going on my kids' field trips and dropping them off at school and all those other little things that I never would have a chance to do if I was kind of in that nine to five role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like 
Probably a lot of people listening made a transition like that around the time of the pandemic. I mean, so many people transitioned into entrepreneurship and finally doing that thing that they're passionate about when they were forced to rethink <laughs> what life looks like and what we can do with what we have. So um, mm -hmm. I love that. And the topic of intuitive eating um, is a little different for us here on this podcast, but as listeners who maybe have been around for a little while know, this has been an important part of my uh, healing journey, my body image healing journey, my disordered eating um, healing process and experience. And as an entrepreneur, every aspect of our life impacts our business. And especially I have experienced, and I know other people have experienced, body image and struggles around food have a significant impact on our business in a lot of different ways. And so I thought it would be really interesting to talk about the idea of reconnecting with your body as an as an entrepreneur with intuitive eating, what that does for us, and then how we can get started with intuitive eating. So give us a little bit of an overview of what we mean when we say intuitive eating. Yeah. So I think, you know, intuitive eating has 10 principles, but how I kind of define it, um, you know, kind of my elevator pitch is that intuitive eating is the opposite of dieting. So it's a way to reconnect your body and learn more about what your body's actually asking for to honor and respect those cues to live life joyfully and enjoy all different types of foods, but also honor that, you know, if we just ate cake and cookies all day, we're not going to feel super great. We're not going to have the energy to do what we want to do. So intuitive eating also includes a component of gentle nutrition. So it's adding in foods rather than taking foods out. And it's also rejecting diet culture. So diet culture is, I kind of think of it as like the pool that we're all swimming in. It's mm -hmm. invisible, but it's everywhere. So diet culture is a set of notions or beliefs that only one way of eating is right and other ways of eating are wrong. Only certain bodies are healthy and others are unhealthy and that we can tell how healthy someone is by looking at them. So it's rejecting that notion that there is one right way of eating, there is one right body size, um, and that instead it's finding a place where your body is at its healthiest. So that might look different for you than someone else. Um, but a lot of what I do is working on health behaviors rather than focusing on weight as an as a metric of quote unquote success. So, you know, can we integrate certain things into our life that will improve our overall health? But I actually don't weigh people. I don't ask people their weights. In fact, we really move away from using the scale because what I find is, is that sometimes we change health behaviors. Like maybe we, you know, start eating a more nutritious breakfast, or we start moving our body, we have more energy for life, for our jobs, for our businesses. Um, but the number on the scale doesn't change. So then I get kind of people stuck in this mindset of like, well, if I'm not losing weight, it's not working. So screw it. I'm just going to go to Tim Hortons and eat all the donuts or whatever. So I just find that the weight kind of component does sidetrack a lot of people into thinking that they're not, you know, making those behavior changes. When in fact, if we took a step back and said, well, what's your energy like? Like, how would you rate your energy out of 10? And then, or, you know, how are you sleeping or those types of things, which are more subjective measurements. Um, we might notice like tremendous improvements, but we're not seeing like the scale shift because our body actually does try and protect and defend against weight changes. So, um, and that's a normal thing, right? Especially if many of us have been dieting for most or all of our lives. So that's kind of a little bit of a, an overview in terms of intuitive eating. So it is 
getting back in our bodies and reconnecting, it can feel really scary, especially when we live in a culture that tells us, you know, to chew gum when we're hungry or to drink coffee when we're hungry, to ignore those cues. Um, so it is, you know, really revolutionary for a lot of people to lean into that trust again. Um, but it can really free up so much space in your life to do other things when you're not constantly monitoring and tracking and counting and all of that kind of stuff, which can get in the way of some of these big ideas that we have for ourselves. Absolutely. And I want to, I always, when I talk about these types of things on the podcast, I always want to remind everyone, you don't need to have a quote unquote eating disorder or conscious body image struggles for this to be applicable for you. Because exactly like you said, diet culture is the pool that we're all swimming in. And simply thinking about whether your body is small enough, you use the word monitoring, which is exactly this, like thinking about the size of your body on a daily basis is taking energy away from something that you could be focusing on in your business or for growth or whatever, for doing something more joyful. Um, I mean, orthorexia is a term that exists for a reason. It's something that I don't know the percentage, but I would guess a very large portion of the population currently suffers from, which is, can you give us, um, tell us what orthorexia is? Orthorexia is the obsession with healthy eating. Mm -hmm. So as a dietitian, I know this very well because I myself have struggled with orthorexia. Um, I've never had a set eating disorder, but I think that the hyper monitoring of like every bite of your food has to be this nutritious. And like, it's also the guilt and shame when you eat a slice of pizza or you have a cookie or whatever. So like you said, like most people don't actually have eating disorders, but I would say majority of the people out there, especially women, do have an element of disordered eating. They are doing things that are like, and I kind of define it as like when we're going against our body cues, when we're like ignoring and putting off um, and we're trying to like eat like a volume of salad because we're trying not to feel hunger, like that is disordered in all of those ways. Um, and And we spend a lot of time like, even if you think of like your day to day, like how much time are you thinking about your body, about its size, its shape, how it's looking, how you're appearing on camera? What are you going to eat? What are you going to compensate? Are you going to do how need to exercise now to compensate for that? Like there's just so much wasted time for women. And I feel like this is one area where, I mean, men do have some kind of issues around body image as well. And I'm not going to discount that, but the percentage of women who struggle with some element of disordered thoughts around food in their body um, far surpass men. And I feel like this is an area where it's an, it's an element of like keeping us small. If we're constantly thinking about our body size and shape, and if we can fit into that bikini this summer or whatnot, it's just taking time away from our growth in terms of what we want to do with our life. Like if we're spending hours a day tracking our food on an, an app, like those are minutes you could be dedicating to to work and move, moving forward in your career, right? Mm -hmm. So once we strip away all of that stuff, and I do recommend like getting rid of your scale, deleting the MyFitnessPal app, like stop counting macros because it, to me, like when we can move away from that type of stuff, um, it can feel really scary because a lot of people say, well, that's what I, how do I know that I'm not overeating or how do I know that I'm not overdoing it? But it's leaning into the fact that when we eat regularly and consistently, when you're eating every three hours, and some people need to set a you know a timer and pausing and just 
saying like, am I actually hungry? Like, what am I feeling in my body? When we're not getting overly hungry, we're actually then not having that compulsion to overeat. So if you come into a meal more comfortably hungry, you're going to actually be more intuitive in how you eat and you're going to slow down and be more mindful. So all of this stuff leads to when we're eating regularly and consistently and we're not tracking, then we're actually freeing up space for other things in our life um, because we don't have so much clouding our overall day to day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do think there is this intersection between our bodies and what we look like and our appearance and how we eat and our business. Because if you shave off two hours of your day from tracking and monitoring and, you know, this and that, that's a lot of extra time that you could be doing, putting into other things. Um, you know, and all of us, like if, you know, one of the biggest barriers I hear like to, to many things is time, right? Like we're all on a time crunch. We all have multiple obligations and things happening. So what could you do with that extra time? And I think there's a lot of things we can do. So much that we can do. It's actually funny just this morning. We um, have a a red light sauna in our house. And I wanted to listen to this um, money manifestation affirmation, guided affirmation while I was in there. And I was looking forward to it. But then today we're gearing up for this trip and all of this stuff around body image and food has been coming up leading up to this trip. It's a it's always been a source of protection for me. And there's some feelings about this trip. And so this is coming up. So I I ended up sitting in the sauna, just like sort of IFSing myself, internal family systems. It's a type of therapy that I do, but I was sort of trying to walk myself through what I do in in a therapy session to, to talk to the part that was coming up. And I was just thinking, you know what? This is like really pissing me off because I wanted to be manifesting money right now. I don't want to be focusing on my body. And while Mm -hmm. I'm not, not mad at myself. I am healing. And this is like totally a part of the process, but it's just a one example of how you might be spending time on obsessing on your body or dealing with this voice that constantly comes up when you could heal, work through that, use intuitive eating as a tool and then get that time back. Like, I just feel like that's a perfect Mm -hmm. example of what you're saying here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think too, like, Another place I see it is like with intuitive eating, a component is, is, um, is movement. So we often, I use movement instead of exercise because, you know, when we think of like movement is obviously very healthy for our bodies, but what are we doing in terms of joyful movement? Are we moving our bodies? Like, are we like having to go to the gym and like do 45 minutes of cardio and 35 minutes of weights for it to quote unquote count? So intuitive eating is stepping away from that and saying like, our bodies intuitively know how to move. So if movement is like, maybe that day you're a bit more tired. So maybe you go for a walk or and listen to a podcast, or maybe you, you know, go swimming and kind of zone out and have that decompression time. So I think the other piece is like, when we think about how we move our bodies, like it's, so it's also, like you said, the tracking counting, but it's also like punishing movement. So like intuitive eating really focuses on movement that is joyful. Like what do you actually do for joy? And when you do something for joy, that's actually when you stick with it. And it's not an all or nothing. It's not like I'm never going to move my body for three months. And then I'm going to move my body for like 75 minutes a day or else I'm like a terrible human quote unquote feeling that that way. So I think there's lots of ways that this shows up um, for women. Um, But I think the other thing I always like to kind of come back to is when we think of those thoughts, like body image thoughts, like or thoughts about being like too big or 
and it really affects all all weight spectrums. Like I've met women size zero to size 30, you know, whatever your size is, you know, they, they will have body image issues. Women, you know, we're, it's ingrained in us that there is something wrong with our body and we need to fix it regardless of what your size is. Um, and I always like to come back to just a, a thought who benefits off my body dissatisfaction. What industries benefit when I feel bad? Because I think when we think about our business, like we want to thrive, but somebody else's business thrives off you feeling bad about yourself. So who is benefiting? Is it the, you know, tracking? Is it the gym? Is it the shakes or the cleanses or the protocols or the plans or the keto life book or this or that? So, you know, there is a business in body dissatisfaction and we are buying into it. So Maybe we can also, like while we talk about building our businesses, another piece is not spending as much money on things that aren't serving us. So, you know, when we spend, you know, like it's a $70 billion industry, the weight loss industry. So when we're spending all this money, and if we even think about like the cellulite creams and the, you know, all these different things, laser hair removal, whatever it is, all of this stuff is also taking away from money that we could be investing in ourselves in other ways that may actually be more financially viable and aren't a diminishing resource, right? Like if we're buying all of these books and many of us can think of like the cookbooks and like the, you know, the plans and all this stuff, like that all costs money and that's taking away from money that we would otherwise have to spend on things that might be furthering our own business growth and development. Mm-hmm. I love that point. I have never thought of that before, but it's so true. Think of all of like the trending gadgets and shit that you buy for your um your kitchen and all of the health products that you but you invest in. And I'm not saying don't buy nice things. We're not saying don't buy nice things for yourself or don't, you know, buy the quality of items that you want, but be intentional with it. I think for me, I experienced intuitive eating as this sense of getting more intentional about why am I doing this? Am I really desiring this? And if not, what do I really desire? Rather than letting trends or opinions or society and diet culture's idea of what's right dictate my decisions. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think like the more that we can like get curious on like, okay, if I buy that, like, that's fine. But like, what are, what are things that I already have that I can use now? We don't always need to be like, I think they're like, we live in this culture that's saying that, you know, it's like the consumerism culture, right? So it's like, buy, 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 right? But then that also depletes our, our stock in ourselves, because now we don't have as much to invest in a website redesign, or our own like marketing campaign, or headshots, or whatever that actually like we're using that money to support other people's businesses rather than ourselves. So I think it's just coming to, you know, if you do see something on TikTok or Instagram and you're like, oh, that sounds like fun. Can we just like put that aside, maybe journal about it and then come back to it? Like just pause, right? Like, like we live in this like click and collect kind of society, which, you know, is super fun and can be gratifying, but it's also depleting. Like there's only a finite amount of money that we have in the, in the week. So you know, are we investing that in ourselves? Or are we investing that in areas that are basically supporting the diet culture industry that says that our body is wrong? So I'm just hoping that we can take a few minutes to just pause on some of those thoughts and, you know, know that things like cellulite cream doesn't work. Like there is no cream to get rid of cellulite is not even an, 
it was just kind of like an invented condition, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few decades ago. Like, this is not something that we need to be worrying about. You know, do we need to be going for the cool sculpting or whatever for the latest trip and that sort of stuff? Like, all of that is just, like, in my opinion, um, it's just wasting money, right? And time. Again, it's like now you're spending time doing these procedures, or whatever, when you could have been spending that, you know, hour, two hours doing something for yourself. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. So, listeners who are interested, intrigued by this, can you give us maybe one or two or three steps to just like get started with intuitive eating? How do we do that? How do we start moving toward this way of being? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're interested, there is a book called Intuitive Eating. Um, it's been around for forty years. It's in, I think, this is fourth edition right now. So, you can definitely get that book or audiobook and listen to it while you're doing your day to day, you know, laundry folding or whatever. So, that's a great place to start. Um, the other thing I would say is just to start to look at, like, why am I eating? Like, thinking about that. So, and again, I like to look at it like with curiosity and compassion, not judgment. So, am I waiting? until I'm absolutely starving. So I like to ask a lot of my my clients, like, how do you know when you're hungry? And how do you know when you're full? So just getting curious around your own body. Like, am I eating out of hunger? Or am I eating out of boredom? Am I eating because I'm tired or lonely or sad? Or am I eating because I'm hungry? And how hungry am I? Am I starving? So I think it's starting to like, just stop to pause and get curious around when you're eating how are you feeling in your body? Like, what are the sensations that tell you that you're hungry? And conversely, how do you know when you're full? Like, are you eating to the point of your plate is clean, which many of us were raised with? Like, what are the sensations in your body that tell you that you're pleasantly full? So I would say the first step with intuitive eating is to just start to get curious around that question of, you know, when you're eating, why am I eating and what am I feeling in my body? I think another step would be to if you're noticing that at mealtimes, you're extremely hungry to think about, like I said, eating every around three to four hours at the longest. Some people it's two to three hours, but at least setting an alarm on your phone to just get curious about what am I feeling in my body at this time? And what are my early signs of hunger? So early signs of hunger for most of us are thoughts of food, planning what we're going to be eating, getting curious about what's in the fridge. That is actually an early sign of hunger, energy dropping, losing a bit of focus in what we're doing feeling antsy, that sort of thing. Those are early signs, obviously growling of the stomach. Most people kind of wait till that stage and that would be late stage hunger. Mm. So getting curious in your body, trying to eat more regularly and consistently. And then a third step would be thinking about your movement and thinking about like, what am I doing in the day that's actually lighting me up? Like what brings me energy? Because I think like exercise and, and movement, like we are needing to be focused in our day to day. And how we do that is actually having the energy to, to be like, rather than having a cup of coffee, like, are we able to sustain ourselves throughout the day without constantly having another coffee, another coffee? So one of the ways to do that is like, am I moving my body, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, even getting outside, getting some fresh air, getting some sunlight on your face, that actually can support your overall energy level. So can we get intentional about movement and adding in our schedule 15 minutes block that time off for uninterrupted movement even if it's walk outside like i said or even you know i like to do some gentle stretches 
Um, I use an app or um, I go on YouTube and I watch yoga with Adrian. So like in my day, like just taking a pause and it's literally blocked off as an appointment, quote unquote, right? Because if I don't do that, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so I need to have that intentionality around movement that I'm actually setting those goals for myself. And then once I achieve them and then you notice like, oh, my energy is a lot better when I get some fresh air. So it's finding that time for yourself. Um, and it's, it's often like a gift for yourself that you can give yourself. So those would be some steps to get started. I love that. And I like the idea of tuning into where's my energy. And I think, I think a lot about this too, is like, how is my focus? How am I feeling creatively? Like, do I feel like I am just like struggling today? Is there an element of movement that can support me in feeling a little more focused or creative or energetic or is there, you know, a meal I can have? Like I've been having to get really intentional in the mornings about <clears throat> doing more protein because I find if I do like just an English muffin with peanut butter or bowl of cereal, which are things I like, if I don't have that with something more substantial, I don't, I feel very like, you know, I feel really tired. Mm. And so that's just me knowing energy wise, I typically do better when I have a little bit more, like I do a lot of chicken, I do a lot of chicken in the morning. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have just a bowl of cereal sometimes, but I feel like for me, that's been a part of my tuning in is looking at all of those, those pieces and making the decision based on that. Mm -hmm. And that's a gentle nutrition component, right? It's like, I'm not eating chicken because I'm like starving myself and I'm only eating chicken and lettuce, but like, what can I add to my day that I know is going to sustain me? Because I know that like, maybe your best creative energy is in the morning. And if you have to constantly be distracted or like be getting up and getting snacks, like that's taking away from your creative momentum, right? So if you fulfill that, if you ha- add a little bit more, you do have to plan for that, obviously. But now you're setting yourself up. And breakfast is one of the first places that with my clients, I like to set them up for success. Is like, can we start the day? Because I find that, you know, if we can have a substantial breakfast that is fueling, that actually sets the tone for your other aspects of your day. If you're just grabbing a coffee and a muffin, like you're just not gonna have that same focus is if you were balancing with a little bit of protein. And I would even add like, is there some fat that we can add in there? Like, can you have the English muffin with the nut butter plus a little bit of chicken or plus some Greek yogurt or chia pudding or something on the side so that you have that kind of whole, like more substantial uh, breakfast that will set you up for success for your other. Now you're, you're fulfilled and satisfied till your next meal or snack hours down the road. So you can actually be focused on what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, okay. I could keep, I feel like I have more that I want to say, but we could, I could probably go on for like two hours if I don't cut myself off. So I love everything that you shared here. It resonates so much for me. And so much of this has been so supportive for me in my own journey. Um, but before we shift gears, I'm wondering if there is, you know, one gem, one thing that walks listeners walk away with nothing but this, what would that be? I would say like, you're not broken. I think many of us think that we can't trust our bodies and that that might work for someone else, but not for me. But I think remember that every child is actually born as an intuitive eater. And this is something that we, we, unfortunately gets taken from us early because we're told three more bites of broccoli, or you have to clean your plate. So remember that you're not broken. You can change your outlook on food in your body And you can live a life that you're not constantly preoccupied with what you eat and how you move and all this type of stuff. So 
there is an entire community of us out there that are here to help support and and challenge you to try something different. Many of us feel that, you know, we have to do this, we have to control our bodies, we have to control our, our size. But in fact, what if we can release that? And and what if what if we can lean into the fact that like we're built for so much more than our body. Like we're we are here on this earth for much bigger and brighter things than just shrinking. So if we can remember that, that I think most of us will have the opportunity, if we can lean into that, um, we'll have so much more space for all the other things in our life that actually bring us joy. Yeah, so true. Okay, let's shift gears. Why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, what are you getting intentional about right now? I'm actually getting intentional about less screen time. Hmm. So um, I saw an interesting, um, I saw an interesting uh, documentary on Netflix, and it was talking about um, social media. Now I work on social media. I love social media. I feel like it's a great place to connect, but it sucks you down the rabbit hole. And sometimes I find it, like hours just get lost, and it's like again, it's this time suck where I could have been spending that you know, when you look and it's like, you've been spending two hours a day on Instagram, you know, and, and like, yeah, sure. I do work on there, but there's a lot of it that's just mindlessly scrolling. So one of the things I'm really trying to do is I take a day off now. Um, I take Sundays off. I'm like, this is a day that I'm unplugged. Nobody needs to, you know, see me making my meal prep or whatever. Like that's not really, I mean, it's just not necessary. So I just been getting more intentional, like setting some screen limits, having some reminders pop up, like, Hey, it's been an hour. Like, just, you know, maybe keep that in mind. It's only 10 a.m. and you've already been on for an hour. So I find for me, like, as we know, time is really precious. So trying to be intentional about my time and have some time uh, where I'm not online so that I can be focused and have some time blocking where I'm really dedicating to certain tasks that I want to get done. Um, and yeah, so that's one thing that I've been getting intentional about right now that has been really helping me. And again, it just frees up. It's like, oh, now I have a whole day. Like now I can meal prep if I'm not like constantly scrolling. Um, and it's not like I scroll for like hours. It's like 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there, five minutes there, 15 minutes. Like it's, it's just these little pieces that all add up when it's like, when I combine that time together, now I have much more time to like do things I want to do to set my week up for success. So I'm not scrambling and getting, you know, DoorDash, um, when I could be just grabbing something from the fridge. Yep. A hundred percent. That is something we can all be more intentional about. I notice even body image stuff comes up for me when I'm spending too much time on Instagram and that like comparison and not feeling good enough. So that's mm-hmm. always, I, that just happened like two weeks ago. And I was like, I need to spend less time on Instagram. I need to like step away a little bit. Cause like you, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I teach marketing, I'm a marketing coach and consultant. My business is a lot, a lot of times on Instagram and I like being there. I truly enjoy creating content, but it's like, all right, where am I, how am I spending this time here? And am I just being mindless? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? Yeah. So you can come find me on Instagram on those times when you're giving yourself, (laughs) you know, some time on Instagram, like we all like to do. So I'm just there at Jen, the dietitian. Um, so you can find me there. I'm also online on my website, which is uh, jenmessina.com. Um, and stay tuned for my program, which will be, like I said, open um, for Canadians and Americans and all over the world. That is set to launch in January of 2024. Um, I'm giving myself time this summer. I'm actually, I don't know about you guys, but like 
the day-to-day takes up a lot of my time, like the day-to-day, like just doing your job. So I'm actually taking a few weeks where I'm actually not seeing clients and not, and intentionally that's my business building weeks. So I'm like creating my course content and filming and all that kind of stuff that I feel like, again, like it can't just be like 45 minutes at the end of your day. Like it has to be like well thought out and planned. So, um, so yeah, so that's one thing that I'm doing is like just making sure that I have some set dedicated time to, and like many people, my most creative, I'm most creative in the morning. So like, I need to like have that time to, um, just gift to myself to, to create. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Totally agree. Thank you so much, Jen, for everything you share today. This has been so helpful. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.